And so Jesus, Jesus, we thank you. Uh, we thank you that your resurrection power, uh, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Uh, that's not wishful thinking uh, or a self-help book written by a self-help guru, but your own spirit had those words written down so we could remember that as we live our ordinary everyday lives, there is a supernatural power at work in and through us. And so tonight as we gather, we do so fully aware that you are present, uh, that your spirit is here. And in a room like this with so many who are your children together, there's something special that takes place. And so we're thankful and ask that you continue to meet with us here. Uh, God, would you give us ears to hear? Um, would you speak for your servants are listening? And we ask this in your name, Jesus, and the power of your spirit. Amen. Amen. So the words, follow me, uh, have led to some pretty epic adventures in my life. Uh, they've also led to a few moments that I'm glad there was no YouTube being recorded. Uh, I grew up in a generation where everybody did not have a camera ready to ruin your life uh, or any future political career or pastoral for that matter. Uh, actually, you guys would love it because then you could be like, oh, that's who you used to be? We're good. Uh, this is our kind of people. This is our kind of place. When I was 17, a lot of the times I was telling other people to follow me, but when I was 17, I listened to one of my friends. We're in Ocean City, New Jersey. If you've ever been on the Jersey Shore, uh, that's not where the fist-pumping fools are. That's a little further south, but this had a boardwalk going along it. Uh, it was a killer place to skate, and so I had my skateboard and my friends, and we were skating through uh, the area. There were certain spots that you weren't allowed to skate, and they were clearly posted and patrolled. Uh, and there were other parts that it was assumed you weren't allowed to skate, but it wasn't quite posted. And so I was with one of my friends and he goes, hey dude, follow me. And of course, I didn't ask where we were going. I said, sure. And he flipped his board down, gave a few pushes and pulled up to the front of Ocean City High School. And so one of the things that was a drag uh, in the city, uh, little town area, is that there's tons of people. And so you're always bumping into somebody. But in a high school in the summer, there is not people. And so he knew, because he skated there often, uh, where in the high school with its nice floors, about as smooth as this, uh, the janitor left the door open so he could come out and smoke without having to reset the alarm. And so he looked at me, he's like, dude, follow me. And I said, sure thing. And for about three minutes and 53 seconds, we had an epic skate session. On about three minutes and 54 seconds, said janitor uh, walked out and clipped my friend's board. It was really funny. It was like a cartoon. It wasn't my board either, so it's all right. Uh, he clipped his board. He goes flying uh, and said, I've already called the police. At least that's how I remember it. Uh, I've already called the police in the gruffest, meanest voice, probably the nicest old grandpa, whatever it is. Uh, and so we then proceeded to also follow one another, sprinting out of the room, uh, made it as far as the street where the police were, uh, and they did not arrest us. They just took our skateboards and took them back to the police station, which was like a 20-minute walk away, and said, you can come get them whenever you're ready. And so we had to walk all the way across the whole city to go get our skateboards back. Uh, but it launched many a fine moments in the world, uh, many a moment I'm glad wasn't recorded. 
as we look at the gospel time and time again, Jesus says, follow me. When Jesus says, follow me, there's an invitation to walk with him in a way that leads to flourishing. And so we've been looking at Peter's life. We started... Funny enough, we started at the end uh, with the uh, resurrection, having some brunch on the beach. Both our communities, Missio Mesa and Missio Tempe, celebrated that on Easter. Uh, last week, Charlie gave us some good news from 1 Peter. Today, I want to take a few minutes and look at this first little part of how Matthew records Jesus engaging with Peter for the first time. And so the words of Scripture read like this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector, so he thought people might be a little slow later on. Uh, so he's making sure everybody knows. This is why they're throwing a net into a lake, everybody. They're fishermen. Real nice guy, right? Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and they followed him. Uh, this text in Matthew's telling is very short, but I think it's very appropriate for us today. In 2023, as we sit and we lean into and long for the kingdom of God to come more fully in our midst, uh, to recognize and realize what God's up to and join him in that, will only take place if we're following Jesus. We can't have our own ideas, our own ideals, and then expect Jesus to join us in what we want to do, though that's often how we track with these things. Uh, but rather, the first step is recognizing Jesus has come to us and invites us to follow him. That flow really matters. And so what I would love for us to do is take a few seconds and look at three different invitations that Jesus gives in this short sentence. The first, will you follow me and be formed by me? Jesus says, follow me and I will make, I will form, I will shape, I will transform you into something. Uh, the things, the people, the places, the items, the pursuits that capture our attention and our imagination will be what we follow with our lives. Uh, whether you're 12 or 20 or 40 or 60, when you trace back the periods of your life, they're almost always marked by a pursuit of something or someone. If you met Kevin in high school, what are you pursuing? I was pursuing soccer the hardest. There were other things in my life, but soccer was the thing that meant everything to me. And then I got three concussions my senior year of high school, and they said, soccer's not for you anymore. Uh, the doctor actually looked me in the eye and goes, are you making it to the MLS? And I was like, I'm very flattered. No. And he's like, then I'm not signing your bill of health, and I couldn't go play in college. What we pursue, when you look at your life, and the different epics of time, be it high school or college if you went, or your career that you're in, or a family, or retirement. This idea of following is simple as it sounds. Something or someone is leading and we walk behind. And so it makes sense for us to take a second and ask the question, right now, 
Are the patterns and pursuits, my imagination and affection, are they captured by Jesus? When Jesus locks eyes and says, follow me, walk behind me, come with me, and I will form you, I will shape you, I will make you into something that you are not yet. Are we saying yes? Or do we resist? Disciples were invited to watch what Jesus did, the way he did it, and then were led to do the same. When we spend time with someone, we're shaped by the way they do life. In Jesus's time, that was a rabbi who invites students, and many of you know this. Uh, it would be a rabbi would come and pick out their students, and they would have them follow behind him and learn their way of looking at the world. And so Jesus wanted these boys, these teenagers, these young men and the women who would follow to look and see. This is how he saw the kingdom of God, his role in it, and what it meant to live in the world because of that. And his interpretation was drastically different than the other rabbis at the time but he wanted to shape them in that way. Uh, we've all been shaped by people. We've all had a first formation and the invitation with Jesus is to be transformed back into what we were always called to be. A full, robust human, enjoying God and one another and creation. Uh, this week I was in Maui, which is where my brother lives. It's a real tragedy. I know it's really tough. Our hardest decision was which beach we should go to. Uh, and so we made that begrudgingly. It was real tough. Um, but I hung out with my brother and his family for a little bit. They have a house there. Uh, and he's a police officer, and, uh, which is important for the story because he regularly plays Nerf guns with his kids, which you don't have to be a police officer to do. But they start learning tactical moves with it, right? And so uh, what I did is they would have these Nerf guns. They're the X shots, the one that shoots the balls. So not the lame ones with the darts that fly and you can kind of bat them out of the way, but the, the ones that shoot with a little oomph and they sting just enough to let you know you got hit, but not enough that like it's an airsoft gun and you're like crying. Uh, and so uh, me and the uh, 13 and the eight or nine year old would regularly have two verse ones airsoft or these fights in the house. And I would play hide and seek just with Nerf guns. It's a fun uncle thing. I got to do it all around the house because I was the fun uncle, even though they're not allowed to have the guns downstairs. Um, and so what that would happen is I would start upstairs, they would go downstairs, they would hide, and they would try to ambush me. Uh, and the first two times that we did it, uh, I came down the stairs, and I went behind the bathroom door, because the bathroom door was closed, and it wasn't closed when I went down there the first time, right, when I walked up. And so I would go behind, I would wait, the door would open, and out would sneak the 13-year-old, thinking he was the most stealthy kid ever. And I was right behind him, and I could just blast him. And he looked at me, he's like, how did you know I was going to be there? I was like, dude, you're your dad's son. He did that all the time when we were growing up. If he could find a place to be sneaky and hide, he would do it and then try like popping out and sniping you. And he's like, that's not fair. And I was like, it's your fault. You were raised by that dude and that's how it works. He probably did that to you a million times and you thought it was fresh. Uh, he tried doing that to a million times growing up. It wasn't fresh anymore. And so I got the first hit every single time uh, because... I knew he'd been formed by his dad. I knew he'd think he'd be sneaky and I was able to light him up. Um, the people that we spend time around, doing things with, hanging out with, spending time and energy again, spending our lives following will shape us for the good or the bad. That can go with our friends as well, 
But first and foremost, are we following Jesus? And are we open to being formed by him in the likeness of himself? That's the invitation. The second invitation uh, Jesus is inviting, and it's implicit in this, is he's inviting them on a shared journey. Uh, When he steps up to the boys, there's two of them in the boat. Uh, When he asks and says, come and follow me, and I will make you, that you is not singular, that you is plural. He's saying, uh, like, if I was to talk to all of you, it's y'all, right? It's, it's the group of people. It's these two individuals. It's a community. And it's beautiful that even as Jesus calls and we look at him calling Peter, he's calling both of these boys into a way of life that's shared, that's long-lasting, that was oriented around the same pursuit and purposes. And the beautiful part is the next verse, it starts with they. And right after that they, they go into the next part and they invite more people to come with them on this shared journey. The journey of following Jesus is necessarily uh, both personal, we have to respond as people, but it's communal, together it's a pursuit. And so will we follow Jesus together? Uh, That image on the screen is of redwoods. Uh, And if you guys have ever been to Northern Cali and you've seen those redwoods that they basically uh, are hundreds of years old, they're massive, they're beautiful. Uh, When they cut them down because they're falling down, you just see these huge rings all around. I mean, they've got the one that the car can go through. It's all these things, massive trees. And you would think that they're really strong because they've got deep roots. And so dig roots down deep and have them go deep and far into something. And that will help you last through the trials and the floods and the storms of life. Uh, Redwoods, and many of you might know, don't actually have deep roots. What they have is intertwined roots. And so if you don't believe me and you Google it on the way home, it will tell you uh, redwoods have shallow, relatively speaking for their size, but interwoven, interconnected, interdependent roots that when the floods and the storms come against those massive trees that last and are resilient, it's because the roots are all mixed together and the, the winds and the storm can't lift all the trees in the forest. And that's why you rarely see one uprooted. You might see one snapped, but uprooted doesn't happen often. In a similar way, Jesus didn't just call one person and have that person be a really good speaker, put them up in front and say, go get everybody and tell them about me. He formed a community that would be a witness together of the ways of Jesus throughout the world. And then the last part of this, and I will make you. Not I will make you really good Bible scholars. Uh, Not I will make you really, really good at reciting Bible verses. Not, I will make you really, really good parents, though that's not a bad thing. Really good spouses, again, that's a good thing. Uh, I will make you the best men and women you can be, though he wants to make us fully human, a version of ourselves. But what the invitation for Peter and his brother in this moment were, is I will make you, I will shape you, I will show you how to be fishers of men. Where they were fishing for fish, which is normal, and they were pretty adept at it, That was their trade. He says, I'm going to show you how to go to those who are far off and bring them in. This imagery is from the Old Testament, but it's imagery that speaks of those who aren't yet a part of being gathered together and brought in. And so Jesus' invitation in this moment is come. 
and I will show you how to be formed in my likeness, yes. But the purpose of that will be for the sake of others. And it was like, Kevin, why are you throwing in? Will you go wherever I tell you, send you to make disciples? Uh, because at the end of the book, Matthew 28, is the bookends of what this is, right? This call, come and follow me. And then all the gospel of Matthew, right? So the very next part, he's about to show them how to live a full and flourishing life. Matthew 5, 6, 7 is all the beautiful Sermon on the Mount. And then you watch as Jesus' kingship is developed throughout the book. And then Jesus dies and he resurrects. And then he sends the disciples out, Matthew 28, and says, all right, same group of boys, minus one, right? They got 11 of them now, not 12. He says, here's what I want you to do. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them now to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you to the very end of the age. So they never stop following Jesus, even into the next part of the story, which is beautiful. But he says that the reason I'm calling you, the invitation is to go back out as I send you to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And again, sometimes we resist this. Sometimes Jesus does send us into places that are both for our flourishing and for our good, but also are places that we would rather not go on our own because there are those there that still need to experience the good news of Jesus. And because we have something in us that needs to be worked out in that space as well. And so the invitation of Jesus is to say, will you go? Will you do what I've called you to do? And we all resist this sometimes. Sometimes, if we're honest, it's just because it's straight up uncomfortable. Uh, sometimes it seems like downward mobility. I'm on a trajectory that direction and Jesus is calling me that way. Why would I give up my fast-paced, high-paying job for a lesser-paying job just because Jesus told me to? Well, it's in that sentence, just because Jesus told you to. Again, are we following, or are we trying to lead and say, Jesus, come with me? Why would I pick a house that isn't the biggest house I can get, the nicest house I can get? Maybe because Jesus is inviting you into a different neighborhood because there's those there that still need to experience the good news. Uh, some of us, it costs us resources that we would rather gather and save for another day and to do what Jesus has called us to do, to go where he's called us to go, to disciple who he's called us to disciple will cost us financially. And we say, I don't want to invest that there. I kind of want to invest it in my retirement for my someday. And sometimes it means we lose the approval of people that we desire their approval deeply. But we can't miss that Jesus' invitation is into a full and flourishing life, following him, being formed by God together for the sake of others. In those three pockets, I think there's three invitations in that one sentence. But then it finishes up here. There's a response. Right, they immediately, they left their nets and followed him. At the end of this story in Matthew 4, there are empty nets. And the disciples have begun a journey with Jesus. In a few minutes, we're gonna leave and these tables will be empty and there will be empty seats. But will we be following Jesus? Or have had our imagination sparked for a second, but go back to old pursuits. 
The invitation tonight is to say, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever that may lead. And so the question that we're going to go back to our tables for the last time with is which of these three invitations do you sense Jesus may be speaking to you? They were quick, but they are poignant. Uh, we didn't spend a lot of time developing each one, but I think there's enough to describe where we can see ourselves in this story. Is it the first, Jesus saying, will you follow me and let me form you? And maybe you said, yes, I'll follow you, Jesus, before. But if you were to look at the trajectory of your life, something or someone or some pursuit has captured more of your imagination than being formed by God. And an invitation back into footsteps that follow him is super appropriate tonight. Uh, the second one, this is a shared journey. Will you be formed and sent together with other disciples? Uh, the longer you follow Jesus, uh, you can face a lot of disappointments that may want to lead you to just retreat away from others and say, I can follow Jesus on my own, but this whole community thing hurts. It's disappointing. It's hard. It's messy. And I'm there so many times with you. But this is an invitation again to say, but Jesus calls us into this together and so I'll trust him. Maybe that's a fresh invitation tonight. And then lastly, there are others who still need this good news. Will you go where I send you to make disciples? Some of you, that might resonate on an absolute level in this moment because Jesus has already been stirring that you ought to go somewhere or that there's a people group that he's put on your heart that you should begin praying about what it looks like to form a missionary presence in that space. And up to date, you've said, no, 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 here's the reasons why not. Take this as another prompting from the gentle spirit to say, let's continue that journey together for the sake of those people because they have yet to experience the good news. And so I'm gonna send you back to your tables for just a few minutes. If some, one of those already sparks with you and you wanna be the first one to speak, go right ahead. Uh, but just, is there one of those that resonates? You don't have to give all the reasons why, just one, two, or three. Uh, or if you want to talk a little bit more, you're welcome to. But which of these does it seem like maybe Jesus is inviting you back into? Or you can do the trifecta and say all three. That's where I'm at. So go ahead and turn towards one another and I'll pull you back in just a moment. You guys got a second to confess at your tables. A beautiful showing the neediness for God uh, and for him to speak. Maybe you're still saying I need some more clarity and I want to ruminate on these things, it's okay if you're not a fast processor or you're an internal processor and you're still thinking through it, roll with it, let it roll around in your head. Uh, but I want to pray over us in just a second. So uh, I'm going to invite you if, you're, if you want to. If you don't, then just don't. It's okay. Um, we're not keeping track to make sure everybody raises their hand. But I'm going to invite you. Were you who, how many of you would say like the first one resonated with me, like to follow Jesus? That was mine for this week uh, as I was praying through this. It was like, would you follow me and let me continue to form you was a message that resonated so deeply uh, this week for me. Uh, how many of you were a two? A second question, community, beautiful. And the third one? And then how many of you are like, I just, I still need clarity. I'm not there yet. Awesome. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we are so grateful that you speak. Uh, we look at the story and the red letters remind us that you spoke to Peter and his brother so many years ago. And tonight you speak to us again. And I, I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful that you are not silent. 
And I pray that you would continue to form us for my sisters and brothers who desperately want to follow you but are finding a difficulty in that journey. For myself, would you continue to be a voice that invites and calls and commands our attention and our affection? Uh, Jesus, would you give us grace for the journey with each other and the disappointments and distractions and discouragements that we face in community life? Uh, would they be wrapped up in a fresh realization that you are present in your people and that community is worth pursuing? And God, as we look to be formed together, yes, but we look out and recognize that there's so many family members and neighborhoods and networks of friends that have yet to experience the good news, that have yet to hear a verbal proclamation of the gospel in our zip codes that exists. Would you continue to stoke up a fire in our hearts to speak good news? And would you call out of our community, women and men to go and start new works among new groups of people so that they can taste and see that you are good. And Jesus, we're so grateful that you've given us these moments to be reminded of the gospel, filled fresh with your spirit. And we ask that you would continue to speak. Uh, for my friends that are still processing, would you cause this through your gracious spirit to come back to their minds throughout the week uh, just in a way that you often do in the quiet moments to not flinch towards a phone but sit with the tension and the questions and look for clarity and we believe you will speak we ask this in your name Jesus and by the power of your Holy Spirit amen the beauty is that Jesus doesn't just give us a good news for the journey. He doesn't just give us community for the journey. He doesn't even just give us a mission to go after on the journey, but he feeds us with bread for the journey in the meal that we partake each and every week. And so we come to the table again tonight.